Welcome to The Unfiltered Map. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created the show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. This is a Soul Fire production. Here's the thing. Our partners can't read our minds. They just can't. And guess what? We can't read theirs. I love how Charmaine shares the importance of recognizing the pressures we put on ourselves when we do not ask for help. And that in order to make a change with that, we need to be okay with handing things off to our partners and trusting that they can do it. It's not a competition to see who is more tired, who does more, who's more run down. But we should be noticing when we each need to share how we're feeling and give one another grace especially when we aren't feeling like we're at 100%. So if you're ready to continue this conversation, pull up a seat and let's get unfiltered. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. And this week, we are coming back to you with a part two to dividing up. I don't even know if it was dividing up work within your household, but what it looks like to be supported by one another within your household. So if you you know, have a partner that lives with you, what that looks like and how you can get more support from that partner. But before we jump into that, we want to switch it up a little bit and read you a review from one of our fellow podcast listeners, because it's a great review. And every week we're going to start that. So if you want to hear your review on the podcast, make sure you are leaving us a review. So this comes from Bobby Shen. And she says, listened to several episodes and I loved hearing all the different points of views and stories that are shared. You will laugh, feel seen and heard, and even have some takeaways to follow up on. It's so refreshing to hear women just be raw and real. So many topics I wish would be common to discuss, not just with your girlfriends, but with anyone. Listen to these episodes and challenge yourself to find someone to share it with. Also, you will die laughing when you listen to the bit about being nervous about toilet paper being on your butt during sex. (laughs) Hilarious and real. So thank you, Bobby, for sharing that with us. Um, If you haven't listened to this, (laughs) right? Bobby, we love you. Listen to the... It's the sex, sex, sex episode is really good and something we recognize that you guys want to hear more about sex. And so we're going to talk about that in some upcoming episodes. But this one, we are going to go ahead and jump in. And like I said, where we left off last time in part one, if you listen to part one, was we were talking about the concept that Brené Brown shared, where she talked about, you know, you having this conversation with your partner before your partner even walks in the door. So your partner letting you know, you letting your partner know, hey, I only have 20% to give today. And your partner saying, okay, they know then they have to pick up 80%. Or maybe you guys are both feeling 50-50 or maybe someone's feeling 80-20 or 60-40, whatever the case may be. Being able to have that conversation with each other and the expectation already there, knowing when your partner walks in the door. And on top of that, I think another great thing to do is if your 
partner or you work outside of the home, when you come in, just asking your partner for like 20 minutes to decompress by yourself. Like, I know you had that drive home, but you were in traffic. It's stressful. This is something I would do for my husband because I do work from home. When he would come home from the hospital, I'm like, why don't you go take like 20 minutes to yourself? Because I feel like when he did that, I feel like he was less stressed because I understood he needed a little time to himself. So I'm curious, Brooke, what if both partners are feeling depleted? How would you do the percentage thing? So when you listen to her talk about the percentages, the whole object is to kind of mitigate that competition that can happen with partners where it's like, well, I'm tired. Well, I'm tired too. I had a really long day. I did too, you know, and, and, and that just creates tension and it, it almost like puts pressure on whatever's about to happen or the rest of the evening. And so that percentage model is really, okay, I'm at 60, you're at 50. Like we're both not doing super great. So how can we kind of help each other get through the rest of the evening, whether it's dinner, bath, bedtime, if people are both depleted, you know, she suggests having a family meeting per se of like, okay, we can't operate if we're both 20% and 30%, nothing is going to get done effectively. So what we have to do is figure out what's life-giving for us as a family. Is it walks after dinner? Like, does that just energize us? It was a way to bring us together. It's a way to get some sunlight, fresh air. Is it more like takeout or crockpot meals that, you know, require a little bit of planning, but then when we get home, we don't have anything to prep, you know, and really kind of coming together as a team to figure out how to fill those deficits rather than, well, I'm at 80 and you're at 20. So the 80% person just has to go ahead and take it all. That's not really the point. It's just, okay, you're at 20. How can I help you get a little more, you know, and, and can I take on a little more since I'm doing better? Yeah. I think that that is, um, that's something I'm, that we're trying to incorporate now is the percentages right now. What we do is we do a feelings check, you know, mm, I like that. how are you feeling right now? And like, we even have the feeling wheel, like we have an app because we had to move beyond. I'm good. You know, yeah, I yeah. think that's what the percentages are good for. It helps you move beyond. I'm okay. I'm good, which is really cold for, I'm not really doing okay and good, but I don't really feel like having the conversations and it forces for us to go. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, then he chimes in with, well, how can I help? Or is there anything I can do versus me just yeah. going, I'm just good. You know, it, it fosters conversation. I really want to add the percentages piece in. Because that feels like that might be a little bit quicker now that we've kind of set the feelings barometer, like, you know, what that means for us, that I think would be like the next step because, you know, communication like this all about communication, right? And if you know what's going on with me, I think the the biggest thing that women have is that it feels like your husband doesn't want to help. To be quite honest, men don't think like that most of the time. It's just that they don't know where to help. And so because they don't know where to help them, they don't do anything. And then they kind of don't ask about where they can help you at because then they feel embarrassed that they don't know where to help you at. (laughs) So, you know, and that's why, yeah, I tell women all the time, I say, it's not that he doesn't want to help you. He just doesn't, he probably doesn't know where to get in because we do a lot as moms. Like I make shit look real easy and, you know, it's just having that communication. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, I, I think the thing is too, A piece of that is men don't actually, like they can't read our minds. They can't. And I think we've had this conversation multiple times, right? It's like, 
men cannot read our minds. So if we're not telling them what we need from them, we're also to blame. Like that's also on us. We can't have that expectation on them to know exactly what we want if we're not willing to share that. And I also think, I don't know, Brooke, I think we've had this conversation where it's also, isn't it more of like an, a pride thing or an ego thing? Well, fine, I'm just going to do it all myself. And he doesn't help. He doesn't do anything. But we've never actually given them the opportunity to fully support us. Yeah. Yeah. I think not, not only it's control, right? You know, I think sometimes it's not really, a, it can be a pride or ego thing. Like I do this better or I do this more efficiently. I think it's a fear of that domino effect and chaos, right? So, I mean, think about how you orchestrate your family life. I know for me, like if I don't stay on laundry kind of continuously, I know that I'm going to have this, you know, giant mountain over the weekend. And I don't like that. Like that gives me anxiety. So I think we're fearful of getting off track and then things just piling up and piling it up piling up and then we can't get out of that hole. So I feel like women are more geared towards thinking 10 steps ahead. What can I do presently that will help me in the future or help things go a little more smoothly? And, you know, I think that our partners can easily think like that. Do we offer them the opportunity to do that? I don't know. No, because it feels like it would be easier for me to do it than to show you how to do it. I mean, that's the lie, right? The lie is, I can do it faster than it would take for me to show you how to do it. And in the short run, that is true. In the long run, you are resentful, burned out, Mm -hmm. and like ready to like take your family in flames to the ground because you're so tired. Like that's, that's the real of it. Like in the short run, sure, you can do it quicker yourself in like five or 10 minutes. In the long run, that adds up with all the other shit that you got to do. Yeah. Well, um okay, let me push back a little bit on what you said. Why are we teaching them? Like we figured it out, right? Like we, like nobody really taught us per se. I mean, I do things very differently than my mom. Why do we have to teach them? Like, Why can't they figure out their own ways and their own systems and processes for doing things? So I will say this for me personally, I am very persnickety about certain things. So there are certain processes, specifically since I was primary home caregiver, there are certain processes that I have created that work with the kids that I do not want him to touch. I just want him to do what I need for him to do. I don't need him to come up with nothing else. (laughs) I don't need a different point of view. I just want you to execute. So there are some activities where I just want him to execute and I do have to give him a process. There are others, and that's what we're figuring out as we go along. There are others where it's like, dude, it is like, for instance, my son's homework. Why should I like you? You're college educated. I haven't. I don't even have a college degree. Why am I helping you and showing you where this shit is? Like, I don't have a degree. You got the degree. You can't you figure? <laughs> can't you figure this out? And so, him getting those boundaries to understand these are the systems in place. But when it's stuff like homework or different things with the kids, mm-hmm. yeah, you can figure it out. I shouldn't have to tell you. And that's, I don't know, maybe it's a slippery slope, but there are just some things where I don't want him to change the system. The system is what it is. Follow directions, period, hard stop. (laughs) And I guess that has to 
align with your capacity for mental load, right? I mean, that's a conversation that we talk about a lot. And if you are having to kind of outline for your partner what to do, then you're still carrying the mental load. Like you're still thinking about it. You're still checking up on them. You're still making sure that box got checked rather than being able to give them something fully. And it doesn't, it's just not even in your brain anymore. Like it frees up some space. It does. So there are certain things now that I have given fully because it's like, okay, you got it. And once he gets it, then, you know, for me, it's a control issue. Like, and I think that's what it is for most women. I've done it this way. This is how I like to do it. This is how I like to see it done. You know, I will say it is definitely a control issue, you know, with me because I don't want him to take that over. It's mine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I have to take the consequence of if I get overwhelmed by something. And I think that's the conscious bit that a lot of the times we don't look at is that if I'm unwilling to give it away, I have to know that I am going to get overwhelmed, but I can't get pissed off at anybody else. Like that, that was therapy for me, right? I can't get pissed yeah. off at him for not doing it when I haven't given it fully away. Yeah. So yeah, that whole piece there. I think that's the hard part too, because even for myself, I expect my husband, like Brooke, you were talking about laundry and I will literally say to my husband, do you not see the laundry that needs to be done? Like, what, what are you missing? Like, how do you not see the laundry? And it's just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around why he cannot just do the thing. Like if I see something needs to be done, I'm going to do it. But he just... Like he isn't wired like that. It's not even wired. I don't know what exactly it is, but it bothers me so much because like I know to do it. I carry that mental load, but I don't know if he does. Do men even get it though? And by get it, this is what I mean. Women are natural multitaskers. Like you said, Brooke, I'm a chess player. I see 10, 15 moves down the board. I know which way to pivot. You know, that is my jam. My husband is a linear, one thing at a time thinker, period. If I try to get him to multitask, he will just like crumble like the Wicked Witch of the West when the water is poured on him. And I've had to learn that that doesn't make him less than or slower than me. That's just how his brain is wired. So learning how to use his strengths of being linear when I can't focus, which is why there are certain things, which is why a lot of the times I just tell him what needs to be done. Because if I tell him what needs to be done, book, chapter, and verse, when, what I want it to look like, I know it's going to get done. Once I give him the direction, once I give him the steps, if I give him that in a schedule, and yet it feels like more of a mental load at the top, but now there's things that he does that I don't have to touch. And you know, once he gets into it, he makes it his own. The other yeah. thing is for him, that's not something he had to even do as a kid, right? Like, even right. though he was the oldest, he still didn't have to do, like, the load that he had as a boy, which is interesting, as the oldest, is not the same load that I had as a girl being the oldest. It was like two different worlds. So a lot of these things, it's just not in his wheelhouse. And that doesn't make him less than, it doesn't make me love him less. I just know what his strengths are. And so I try to play from that so I don't get pissed off. Because otherwise, I'll get pissed off. And we'll both be in here, man. Well, and I think that's what we can do differently. And that's where I don't think we can emphasize enough on communication is having clear expectations and clear communication with your partner. Because when we don't do that, we set 
them up for failure. We set ourselves up for failure. Then we're pissed off. And then our marriages are falling apart. You know, we have no desire for them. Because let's be real. If you don't feel supported and loved by them in your home, you ain't finna get that. Yeah, you aren't you aren't doing anything. It's not like you're trying to jump his bones or you you really want to do anything with him. It's like you're annoyed with him at that oh, yeah. point. Like the pure sight of him, you're like, "Uh." But like how can we shift that where it's not so much a control thing where we can put more onto them where it frees up us more and and creates less resentment as well. Like what can we do in that capacity to alleviate <laughs> I've really liked, you know, both professionally and personally, like the fair play deck. You know, I think a lot of people have heard about the book and, you know, there's even a documentary that you can watch and it really highlights mainly a household with two working individuals. You know, that's kind of how she got started on this whole process. But what the cards do is pretty much divides up tasks. You know, my husband is able to focus on things a lot better than I am. Like I'm a little more like hands in everything and we both have strengths. Like that's, that's a strength for both of us. And so for him, like, and I, we literally separate out tasks. Like I do all the dinners during the week. He does breakfast during the week and then he cooks on the weekends. He does all the dishes. I do all the laundry. So we don't have to worry about the other person, you know, doing it. And like, you know, if he's sick or if something happens, okay, well, if the bottles aren't clean the next morning, then he's got to like figure it out. Like he's got a problem solved because he didn't run the dishwasher that night. Or if my kids run out of clothes, like they're upset with me because I didn't follow through on my task. And we've just really separated things out. So we are able to kind of free up our brains and not worry about the other person's tasks. Now with that, there's obvious leniency, you know, things happen. Someone goes out of town. I mean, you pick up the slack, right? right? If he's having a hard week or I'm having a hard week, I ask for some help. So there's still that give and take, but ultimately I don't worry about the dishes because that's his. He doesn't worry about the laundry because that's mine. We know where our meals are split. Like, and that involves everything. At first we were, he was like, okay, I'm cooking this weekend. So I'm going to give you my grocery list. I was like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. So um, you can go to the grocery for your meals. So have fun with that, you know? And uh, he literally takes all of that. And that's what works for us. There's also other cards in there. You know, there's like a unicorn card, they call it. And that's supposed to be like, what gives you life? Like, what's your free thing? You know, what are you going to like, what hobby or what are you going to engage in that gives you life during the week Mm. or once a month or however that looks like? So it really promotes you being a human, you know, and taking time away from the family and even, you know, time away from your spouse, but also even divides those tasks of like, who buys all the birthday party gifts when you have kids and they're going to all these parties, you know, like who's in charge of family photo storage, you know, the things that I feel like get put on pretty much the wife's to-do list that no one really talks about or thinks about. And women don't really think of kind of like off-putting that. So it was, it was really eye-opening to kind of lay out all the cards, divide what we already did, kind of see how it was actually divided up. And then readjust from there. So it was more balanced and also playing to our strengths. And then we committed to those things for three months and then had a conversation and reevaluated and shifted things. Girl, that's a whole workshop. I know. 
I'm I'm obsessed with this. Part is not right. The hardest part, which I don't think most people would get, is not sitting down together and doing the cards. The hardest part is the three month evaluation to see how like to have that continuous communication and to go back and to see if that ish is still working out for you or if certain tasks are still working. Yeah. I feel like that's the most challenging part of it because we can sit down with cards, but you know, and then here's another thing. When you've been married for more than, you know, 10, 15, and you've already established patterns, that has been one of the toughest things is reestablishing how things work because for so long I did work. I just did everything with the kids. And so yeah. I did all the stuff and redistributing because like now he cooks throughout the week and he doesn't cook on the weekends, but I have a man who don't mind ordering food. So if I don't have to cook it, I don't care where you get it from or how you feed these people. Just get yeah. it done. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you're right. And you bring up a good point. It's that constant reevaluation because what happens is people get really defensive, right? So even when you're laying out these cards, the whole mindset is okay, if I'm doing laundry, it's not about when I think it's possible for me to do it in my schedule. It's having a conversation of how often does laundry need to be done? for our family system and for what we do and, you know, extracurricular activities and sports and the amount of clothes that our kids have. And so when you come back to do that reevaluation, the key component is you're looking at the family system. You're not criticizing each other. You're saying, Hey, yeah, we've run into, you know, a lot of mornings where stuff isn't clean for a daycare prep, you know, like, is this really working for our family system? Is there something that we need to trade? Like what's the hang up with starting to run the dishwasher at night? I'm just giving a hypothetical. My husband is, if he listens, he's, he does great at this, runs the dishwasher every night. <laughs> but, you know, like having those types of conversations and not being like, oh, I'm, I'm getting criticized in this moment. It's okay. Yeah. Me doing the dishes for the past three months, it really was a struggle because I have to do X, Y, and Z at night. And that's just a task that's been really hard for me. Is there something that we can kind of trade off? I like that. I, me too. I'm over here like, oh my gosh. Holy crap. Oh, and it's not perfect. I'm right. sitting here as I'm as I'm recording right now going, I didn't plan dinner and it's a weeknight and my husband is out there figuring it out because I didn't do my part. You know what I mean? So I don't right. want to come on here and be like, I've got this figured out. Our family runs so smooth. No, I totally screwed up tonight. And my husband is probably like, okay, great. I'm going to have to figure something out. Well, but it's also you, Brooke, taking accountability and saying, yeah. hey, and I'm sure you'll say to him, hey, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot. And acknowledging that because something I noticed with my own husband, when I acknowledge that I didn't do something that I said that I was going to do, he feels so much better. He's just like, thanks yeah. so much well, for saying seen. that. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's what yeah, we fail to do. That, Brooke, I feel seen. Like, I don't mm -hmm. feel like you're ignoring me now. Yeah. Or even if something I notice with my husband, say I do something out of the ordinary, he's like, thanks so much for doing that. And I didn't have to do it. Being able to also uh -huh. yeah. recognize like, oh, I could do this for him tonight because I know he has a really busy, whatever the case may be. And I have some extra time also recognizing where you can support your partner in that because I, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like our husbands do a pretty good job with that. And also it took a lot of work, right? It wasn't like, yeah. so. <laughs> well, 
but your approach to that situation, that that's a whole mindset shift for you because, you know, you were talking earlier, like, I wish our partners could just see the things that need to be done. You could have approached those dishes as like, you didn't do it. Like, why aren't they done yet? And once again, I'm having to do it. You know, you guys really kind of divide things. You can look at that situation and go, yeah, okay, that's his responsibility. He'll figure it out. He's a grown man. Or you know what, I've got some extra energy and time and I'm going to do this for him. You know, so it mm-hmm. it really like shifts how you look at those household tasks. Yeah. And how about this piece that we, okay, so I love this so much. I want to do this. When I get home from Alaska, we are doing this because I think what happens too is we say they do the dishes or whatever, or the dishes are in there and need to be done. But at what point too? So say it's their task. You know that they have to have the dishes done or mm-hmm. they're doing this. At what point do you just take a back seat <laughs> and not be like, oh, I really want the dishes done? Because for me, I hate having dishes in the sink. So maybe that's something that's my task because I know yes. that I hate them in the sink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hardest part and the biggest learning curve when you do this is sitting on your hands and not fixing it. Like I remember when Jesse took over breakfast and there was one morning where he didn't make me breakfast and I was going to be late to work. And I was like, you figure it out, man. And I can't remember if he door dashed something to my office or had to like go to his work late and bring it. Guarantee you, he'll never forget it again. Like you have to, you can't do that. Like, I'm so frustrated. I'll just do it myself because in that moment, like you Right. He realized, okay. And it's not even about like teaching. Cause I think language is so important. Yeah. It's just a repercussion of a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he chose either to not do it or he forgot and it, his mistake that he has to clean it up. Like, I mean, that's, and that's what I want to teach my kids too. Like it's your responsibility. You're not going to stress someone else out or cause chaos in their life because you didn't do something like you might have to sacrifice something in order to still get it done or kind of make up for that mistake. And you know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like with our kids, like, I don't want to clean up after all their stuff too. There's natural consequences for decisions. Why are we so afraid to let other people feel it? That one right there is what got my kids to bring me stuff in a timely manner. Because I say, I'm not the last minute mom. You can bring me something the day before if you want to, but I guess you flunking. And (laughs) yeah, you know, and it's just those pieces of, like I told my husband, like he would clean off the counters in the kitchen because I can like just pile shit on the counters and walk off, but it would annoy him. And so he would clean the counters off mad. And I said, you're not teaching me anything. Like all you're showing me is that if I pile shit on the counters, you're going to take it off. It's not going to make me want to take it off if you don't say Mm -hmm. anything or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't bring it up, if we don't have a conversation, you have to say something because I'll just keep piling shit on the counters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Well, and we all grew up in, in different households and we all have different standards for our own cleanliness and kind of what drives us crazy. It really is about communication and kind of depersonalizing all of these things. Like it's not, it's It's not not an attack on you, right? Like it's not a deficit in your romantic relationship. It is literal household management and figuring it out. And once you create a good system for you and your partner, things will become a lot smoother. Maybe not easy, but Mm -hmm. smoother, you know, you know, and it'll foster that communication. Yeah. Well, no, Brooke, I was just going to say, 
even to your point, you having your husband do what he did, like not getting your breakfast, having him fix it was also your boundary. Like, yeah, I'm not picking up the slack. And I think this goes back to the episodes we've done is boundaries are yours, not theirs. Mm -hmm. It's not that he crossed your boundary. It's that you're holding your boundary. We agreed to this. This is what it is. You didn't do this. I'm not giving in because that's where I think we feel so slighted by people or our partners is like, they don't do something. They've crossed, like our boundary is X. They crossed it, then we just carry on. Oh, it's okay. Well, next time, you know, oh, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. It's not going to be this. But we didn't say like, I love what you did was, I'm sorry, you have to figure this out. Like, this is what we agreed upon. And then he figured it out. And he knows, like you said, next time he won't do that. He won't, he knows your boundary. That is Brooke's boundary. Right. I think this is, I think there's, we have to do a whole episode on boundaries because I think there's so much confusion in general around boundaries. Just who they're for. Yes, that boundaries too. And also with these cards, holding that line, but also recognizing like when kids come into play, like it's not always as easy, right? uh, For instance, I didn't make dinner tonight. He's not going to hold out and make the kids wait for me. Yeah. Right. That would be severely inappropriate. What will happen (laughs) is I will apologize profusely and then offer to take one of the meals this weekend and say like, look, yep, totally screwed up. Thank you for covering for me. I really appreciate it because we're at that level now where we we know each other's responsibilities and we hold each other accountable, but we're not mean about it. Like life happens. We're both human. We forget things or things get chaotic or you move or you have another baby or someone changes a job. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think there's grace now because we built that framework in the beginning. Yeah. Well, and that's a huge piece. And and so, okay, so what we're going to do in here, we're going to include this fair, fair play, play like deck. Mm-hmm. the deck. We'll include a link to that. There's also a book. So we'll include the book. And also another thing, I know you talked about it, Charmaine, about having family meetings. Something my husband and I have talked about multiple times is on Sundays, have that family meeting of what we need or where we need support for the entire week and have that communication instead of like, how many times this has happened where you say, oh, I have something going on tonight. And your partner's like, oh, I didn't know you were doing that. I didn't know. And I think exactly. this happens a lot more often than we realize. So all of these tools or things that we're sharing with you are probably, they're obviously things that we've implemented in our own life or plan to. And obviously we'll report back, especially for me as I navigate back to Michigan. But what Charmaine has done, what Brooke has done, and I think that those pieces, if you take anything away from this, what is one thing, what is one little nugget in here that you can take away? Is it the fact that you can get the fair play deck and start implementing that, sitting down and having a conversation? Is it that you and your partner every Sunday or the night that you choose have a conversation about what the upcoming week looks like? What are you guys going to have for dinner? What sports do the kids have? Where do you need support? Are you going out with girlfriends? Do you want time by yourself? Do you have a heavy work day? Like different things like that, or just really understanding where you really need the communication or implementing maybe one really good piece of communication throughout the week. Like how can you change that aspect? Can I add a disclaimer? Yeah. One thing I want to say is a lot of times 
people like look at this deck and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to come and show my partner all the things I have to do. And men are like, oh my God, I don't want to be told again in a different way of all the things I'm not doing. I found it really eye-opening for myself and for a lot of clients, they've said this, that your husband does a lot more that you overlook too. And so looking at his pile and seeing, I don't ever think about the freaking height of the grass. I don't ever worry about my car. Like if something happens, I immediately call my spouse. He takes care of it. You know, all of those types of things. I feel like it's eye-opening for both partners. And the whole experience is to see the unseen things that your partner does does and then try to create some sort of balance. That's it. So I just wanted to add that like we're not man hating here. No. Yeah. And all of these disclaimers, Brooke, I I so appreciate you sharing that disclaimer because I think that it's really, really, really important that we even take a look at what our partner's doing. And sometimes, like you said, we don't know all the things that they do and we underestimate them. And I think sharing that And being able to do that and respect that piece of them and really say, wow, I didn't know that you were doing all these things or you worried about them because we never take the time to listen. So I I really, really love and appreciate you sharing that piece. And hopefully in upcoming episodes, I'm sure we'll talk about it is really taking some of the pressure off of our partners too, because I, I know we have a lot on our plates as women, but I think men worry about a lot more then we give them credit for or even acknowledge. And so thank you guys so much for listening, so much for being here. And I hope that you take one thing away from this. And if you have any questions, please jump on into our DMs. They're in the, the show notes and everything. Jump in there, reach out to us with any questions you might have or share something. So many, I will tell you the last episode we had last week, several people were in our DMs sharing some really, really personal stories or how they related to the topic that we were talking about and felt so seen by that and took away some really key things that they could implement in their own lives. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Have the best day and we'll see you soon. Bye.